Hey Kenny, it's Kenny. This is entry number 18, and today I'm here with my friend Dan Ringy. What's up, dude? Hey, man. (laughs) It's wild, but this is definitely the episode where I haven't seen the person in the longest. Yeah. Where it's like we were just, that's why I tried to talk about only things that I wouldn't talk about, like things that if I I probably have talked about on the podcast multiple times. Mm Mm-hmm. When I first when I first saw you, so now we can catch up on now we can catch up on everything. Uh, Dan is a director and assistant director. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah. I I I direct sometimes. I write sometimes. I first ad a lot. So nice. yeah, you've been oh you you you've done you've been writing and shit. Yeah, I've been writing a lot. I've been producing a fair amount. Yeah, That's things sick. have been yeah. It's been pretty cool. That's awesome, dude. That's fucking. It's wild to be. You know what like 10 15 years later and it'd be like the thing you were working on doing it's still such a trip dude it really is man the journey's been fucking weird it's been like uh just kind of like seeing seeing how it all pans out and just like you know i look back at just even like 10 years ago and i'm just like you know barely able to pay rent and trying to do like five different jobs while i'm trying to like you know kind of get my foot in the door and it's just like it all worked out it's really really fascinating yeah it's awesome that you were able to do like you're also able to do like the thing you wanted to do and not that i'm trying to disparage anybody that's uh <laughs> that had to go down a path like this but like it could have easily been something where it's like you did the next thing you know you you know bought a camera and you're just shooting like music videos for people totally. or, or shooting weddings or yep. doing something like that it could have not that you know that's a shitty thing but when you like set out with the goal of like you wanted to direct like real productions, like things that are, you know, go and you've done television, you've done fucking Netflix, like mm-hmm. streaming. Is is that considered at this, like, the, I mean, is that considered the highest now? Like, I think so. I do. I think that, I think like Netflix is, I think the top dog there. You know what I mean? Like um, everyone has Netflix. You know what I mean? Where some people like don't have Disney or whatever. Right. But yeah, I would say Netflix is the top. Yeah. And did and um did you is it one of those things where the things that you were working on, you knew they were one of them had to have been because one of them was a TV show where I think like you came in on like the second if I'm even I could be like mm-hmm. completely right you came in like or I didn't know about it till like the second season but it was like a popular was it was it the atypical show was it, was it? oh it wasn't atypical it's was called special but it was like yeah. it was the same vein right same, yeah yeah same same type of oh, okay. show yeah so special i came in in season 2 though yeah that was my first netflix show okay and uh yeah season 2 um the last four episodes i i only got that job because of the pandemic and so what happened was is the pandemic happened they were going i i interviewed for the job uh before pandemic uh did not get it pandemic hit they were going to come back and there was like this giant boom of jobs right uh, once um, they made filmmakers a, um, what's it called? Uh, was it essential? essential workers, yes. Yeah. So we became essential workers and there was like a big boom for work and then special came back and the person, the other first AD was like, hey, I'm on something cooler. And they were like, yo, Dan, you want a job? And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, that's, that's sick, what man. happened. That was, so. Yeah, because I remember <laughs> seeing that and being like, holy shit, you're like yeah. on a show that I had seen like the first season advertised a bunch yeah. on Netflix and everything like that. And I was like, a, like, you know what I mean? Again, not to disparage anything, but it's like, you're seeing that real, that real, it's kind of, I get, it's kind of like if I fucking, I mean, I guess it's not comedy central anymore, but yeah, if I came up on comedy central, 
or and something. Yeah, and it was, like, oh shit, like yeah. you're doing the thing. Like, Dude, it was great, man. I had a blast. That show was also like very rewarding just to work on. And it was, it was really great. I worked with great filmmakers and the people were awesome. And it was just like one of those, uh, it was for, you know, for a lack of better words, it was really special to work on. And fuck yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, but I would, I would imagine. So have you, so that was because my question was originally going to be, like I know there's some things where it's like they make it and then they sell it to Netflix yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So some there could be a time where you're working on something and you have no idea that it's going to be on Netflix, but you like went in knowing like I'm fucking working on a Netflix. Absolutely. Show. Yeah. So there. Yeah. The other thing's called acquisition based uh, stuff. So like sometimes Netflix will like acquire projects or whatever. I've done a few things like for like Hulu or stuff like that where that's been going on. Um, but yeah, so that was my first Netflix thing where they gave you like Netflix swag and like, you know, shit like that. And then, um, which was really, which was really cool about that was that I was trying to break into television. Right. So I was like primarily a feature, uh, first AD, um, meaning I only did movies and it felt like at that time frame, all of the movies were leaving California. Right. Everything was just going out of California. And I, you know, was like, I don't want to travel too much. I want to just kind of stay home, plant my roots. Right. And all that kind of shit. And then, um, so I started decided like, all right, well, what's here in television or what's here in California is te- television. So let me try to get in there. So I got on Sesame street and then Sesame street led me to special. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, how, wait, how was Sesame street? Sesame street was the coolest dude. That's- and, like I love Muppets, right. love Muppets. I've always loved Muppets, and the yeah, exactly. Or uh, hi ho, uh, Kermit the Frog here. Um, but yeah, dude, he. Uh, dude, I have. Wait one second. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi everyone. One moment. Oh shit! Oh, that is so badass. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, me and uh, me and one of the other comedians that's here all the time working and shit, uh, we both do. He does a pretty decent Kermit, and uh, I just do a terrible Kermit. Okay, and so I found this and ordered it. Now I'm on. Now I'm on the spot. I'm not like a. I'm not vocal. <laughs> vocal comment. Uh, I see trees of green. <laughs> that's good. Red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, hmm. What a wonderful world. That's good. And so, yeah, we do this all, do this shit all the time. In fact, I have like a stupid reel um, that's uh, that's on Instagram and everything of me talking a bunch of shit like to, to that comic with Kermit just saying terrible shit. Dude, I so like coming from loving the Muppets, like Gonzo was my guy. Right. right. And so I got a phone call from um, a producer I've worked with before. And she goes, hey, I got a job. You got to sign an NDA, though, before I can even tell you about it. I was like, sure, whatever. And that happens all the time. Right. And it's never that cool. And she goes, it's Sesame Street. I was just like, fuck, yes, I will yeah, work for free. Like, what do you need me to right. do? And so, um, you know, the guy, uh, do you know how Big Bird operates? Do you know how Big Bird no, is? Big Bird? No, okay. No. So Big Bird is like this, right? So his hand is in the air. So it's right. like this, right? These are his eyeballs. This is his mouth. His hand is in the air. This is on a pulley system that helps like move his arms. And he was watching a monitor that's hooked up to his stomach. So Whoa. like when he's Big Bird, he can't see. 
he has to look at a monitor. And the eyes have cameras, or there's just cameras. No, oh no. So it's it's our cameras. So what he does is like this oh, monitor so he, will be like that camera, and what he does is he has to then like go, "Hey, Kenny, wah wah wah," like that. <laughs> and so he's like, "That's it's, wild. It's insanely difficult." And is it one dude? Is it just like is Big Bird one dude, or one there's guy. that like? So the multiple. guy, the guy who plays Big Bird, also is Kermit. Oh, okay. So like he is Batman and Superman. Damn, dude. Of Muppets, you know that's what I fucking, mean? Like, that's fucking wild, like, dude. The thing that spawned actually spawned the Kermit thing is uh, SNL, the Christmas. Like you know Horatio Sands. Do you know like I don't know how much you know about SNL. Like when Horatio Sands was on, him, Tracy Morgan, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, Fallon, and and Chris Kattan, and Chris Kattan yeah. would do the Christmas. Yeah. And one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like if I watch this, I'll die laughing like if we bring it up right now like i will die laughing and it's the it's the one they did with kermit oh i've never and seen he, it. like dances i also will watch it after okay, this cool. and it's just like it's the way that he moves it's like <laughs> it's the way that they have him I, I just think it's and it's like that's like the joke because it's not just the because the voice and and like verbal jokes but the fact that they can just do jokes with the physicality of a stupid little puppet dude it's so sick. it's so wonderful and you know like you you know, and with with that project, it was like for like a week, we're like planning it and working on it. And I'm like, oh, we're going to work with Big Bird and whatever. And there's still no feeling that compares to when you actually see Big Bird come to life. Right. Like, y it doesn't matter. You're ready for it, whatever. Once the guy becomes Big Bird, you smile immediately. And he's talking inside from the inside. He's talking from the inside. Which is a wild thing that seems a little unnecessary but i guess because he has to work the he has to work he the, has like a pattern yep. of how he's moving the mouth to mm -hmm. say what he's saying and then in post they would like re-record his lines to make oh, it sound okay, better i got you, you know so I mean? it's just it's i that this makes sense yeah so he just he's doing the lines as he's going and then you just sync that up yeah and that makes that makes a lot of yeah. sense yeah and a lot of sesame street is also just kind of like I, I don't want to say it's unscripted but it's a lot of just kind of like they're interviewing kids right right so it's a lot of just kind of like conversational thing so it's less about like the specific words and then right. they'll have their own thing like we had um dude sesame street was nuts like they had to fly the big bird costume from new york and i heard and i don't know how true this is but i heard the costume cost eight hundred thousand dollars what yeah the costume cost eight hundred thousand dollars the big bird costume and i have a feather a big bird feather and it is dude, that's got to be worth fucking like five grand. <laughs> yeah. dude. You have a five thousand dollar feather. They're hand sewn. That's wild. It's insane. It's okay. Like, I mean, is it? Are there animatronic aspects to no. it? No. Like no. It is a costume. Eight hundred. Eight hundred grand, dude. When they flew it from New York to L.A., they treated it like Obama was flying. Like there was like people like at the airport, like Secret Service agents are like. We picked up the package. It's the pack. The the eagle yeah. has landed. That's wild. Yeah. The fucking Big Bird costume yeah. of all things. Yeah. That's crazy. Who else? What other Muppets did you work with? Uh, I worked with the Big Bird of Mexico named Abelardo. Uh, I worked does with. It look, does it, do they look the same? No, he's green. Right, uh, but look the same. Yeah, they're both like they're tall and they're yeah. operating the same. But like it's more. He has a mustache. He's kind of more of like a parrot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Big like sombrero. No, because oh, okay. uh, I, I yeah. visual. I think I've seen it before. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. Sure I've I think it. so. Um, but yeah, Abelardo. He's yeah, more like a parrot kind so of. He was like, like visiting Big Bird. Yeah, he came to visit Big Bird, oh, and sure. then uh, Big Bird has a little Big Bird called Cousin Bird. 
<laughs> and that was another one of those Sesame Street. I've been out of the Sesame Street gang or uh, game for a while. No, you were right. The first time, yeah. gang. That yeah, was a little gang. Slip. I've been out gang. of the Sesame Street <laughs> gang. Yeah, yeah. Sup, dog. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been. <laughs> what street you from? <laughs> Jesus. Sesame. <laughs> I'm from Sesame Street. That's yeah. That's fucking. That's super. That's super cool. Yeah. What are you? Or what are you doing right now? So, um, I just directed Paul Lee's comedy special. Right. Uh, that's coming out uh, on Mint Comedy on um, Christmas Eve. Nice. Yeah, Christmas Eve, and then um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. That was that's pretty much been like the last three months of my life of just kind of like you know planning that, shooting that. And so you're just you were like when you do that, are you like you're working for Mint? Like Mint hired you? No. Or? So Mint uh, Mint came on kind of not. Uh, they kind of came on in the middle. Uh, okay. middle of everything when we're kind of doing like fundraising stuff and um, Paul Paul uh, had a relationship with uh, Mint and they decided to come in and help produce the special. Oh, nice. Yeah, so um, so the first month that the special is going to be out is going to be pri- uh, exclusively on Mint. Nice. Yeah, and um, but no, Paul 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 reached out to me. That's how oh, I got hired. Okay. Yeah. That's sick. Did you did you know him before? Did yeah, you, did Paul you? and I have known each other since 2011. Nice. Yeah. From just working. Yeah. So I met Paul on a uh, on a movie that I did in Oregon, where he we met when he was a playing a zombie Bigfoot. So he was in a complete <laughs> nice. monkey costume, <laughs> and we were just like on this movie, and we just kind of like you know became buds. And uh, you know he was really pushing the acting thing. We're both living. You know he was in L.A. I'm in. I was in Long Beach. And um, anyways, he was like, yeah, I do open mic night. So then like we would just hang out i would go yeah. watch him do open mics and then before you know it man it's just like his career just kind of started right. taking off yeah fuck yeah yeah dude. um i watch like the i watch like the first 15 minutes because you like yeah sent me a, a copy i could watch and it looks really like it looks really good because that's Thank what you. i'm like looking at is the it's what i'm like a little obsessed with is like i keep i go through like a bunch of phases in comedy of like i'm my brain i'm concentrating on this and like late the past like two or three months i've been concentrating heavily on like if I was going to do something that was like a spe- that was a special, like how I would do it, because right now I feel like it's just like saturated and and everybody that everybody that can't do because this is a proper comedy special, like it's a properly like like shot, like it's like what very well prof- and professionally shot. Thank you. We're like most of the like which, and that's what you literally what you do. Yeah. But most of the specials that I mean, which I'm sure you were, I'm sure you were at least checking out a bunch of specials when you were oh, making this. I went, so, I got went full Rain Man on it, dude. So yeah. Most of them are these YouTube specials that people are putting out, and those range from just people literally. That's a Black Magic six K mm-hmm. from them using that camera, like a couple of those, and just literally putting them on tripods and then editing together a special. Yeah, to people who get a little bit, at least have roaming, have have cameras roaming, and do a little bit better of a job. But it's like, I mean, I've been the a part of like, I mean, I, if I cover everybody that's come in here and said they're, I'm filming a special. I mean, I've been a part of like fifteen or twenty. Okay, but I've been a part of probably five maybe somewhere between five and ten because i'm probably forgetting certain people uh-huh. that film their special here and like what that looked like and what it um what it would like jamie kennedy filmed his special oh cool he filmed the special like last time i checked it was like on amazon prime um lachlan oh. patterson if you know who he is he filmed a special those are the two 
big ones. I can, those are the two big ones. And then, and then there were still like five or six other people that filmed pretty professional. Yeah. Um, I think our sound our, our I think our production sound mixer did Jamie's special here. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. kind of remember seeing that. Um, yeah, man. You know, I, 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 I loved it. I actually got the bug directing comedy specials. It yeah. was so much fun. Um, did what, you watch Shane Gillis's Austin special? Like not the Netflix special, but the, the one, one on, on YouTube. YouTube? Did yeah. you watch that one? Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like to me, that's the, cause basically what I was getting at with me saying, that I've been thinking about this a lot is I'm, a, I think that the special are kind of like Paul's. And again, none of this, this is all like personal preference. And he, and again, it's, it's very well shot, very high quality, but it's like, uh, it reminds me of like old, like of how specials have always been, like more old school specials where it's like a, it's like a grandiose thing. You have an entrance, it's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, like it's and it's it's like, I don't know, like I I want to convey, like what it's like, like day in and day out, like doing comedy rather than bring, bring it to to do it the way that I don't ever do it. Yeah, if that makes sense. You know, it's funny because like I, you know, that's a big conversation that kind of we had in the beginning. It's like, do you have an entrance or do you just cut in at during the yeah. special? You know what I mean? And so we had three different ways into the comedy special to just make sure that in, right. in when we get into editorial, if we wanted to say, OK, the grand, the 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 big entrance, like, you know, him coming out into stage or whatever. Maybe we don't want that. Maybe we just want to shoot him picking up the microphone right. and starting there. Or do we just have a shot of, of the venue, hear some jokes, cut inside like you're you're just now seeing the set partway through. Right. You know what I mean? So all of that kind of came came in and was part of the discussion. Um, but at the same time, because we decided to go with the bigger, grander uh, entrance because of two reasons. One... This was kind of like a long time coming for uh, Paul and his special, how long he's been doing it. He's showing up to his hometown right. and it was kind of like, uh, it was a big ordeal. And like for, we did three shows at a venue that had 300 seats and every single one of them was sold out. And it was, um, Paul just had like a lot of fucking people there who just loved him. So like right. those people that are like standing when Paul entered, that shit was real. Right. And, um, you know, they just really love the hell out of the dude. And it kind of like for me as a as as a filmmaker, I kind of look at that and I go, it's the more cinematic shot. Because when I set out to do this, I remember I told Paul, I was like two things like one, I want to make sure that we do the special for you. And when people right. watch this, they go, who's that? I want to make sure that I I, right. I, I I know him. And then the other thing is I don't want to just record you do stand up. I want to make a special. Right. And I feel like a lot of specials that I've seen on, on a smaller scale are people just recording you do stand up. Right. And I wanted to go away from that. I wanted to make sure that like we knew what backgrounds we we're shooting into. We knew the the like distance. Like this is actually a great venue to shoot on because you have like a textured background and so on and so forth. Right. But like like even how we're shooting this, there's like depth. A lot of specials you don't have that. And they oh, kinda, yeah. 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 Like I just watched like Nick Mullen's YouTube special and it's like shot at Denver Comedy Works mm -hmm. and it's just like the lighting's like blown out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's just not. Yeah. It's just 
they just put up some cameras and and just went, and with, went, it. went with it. But I, I go back to that. Sh- the thing that I like about the Shane one uh, in Austin, the the one on YouTube, I so that one. And then did you, watch, did you see Ray Romano's special that's on Netflix that he shoots two sets in New York? No, I didn't see and that it, one. And so he does. If, if I remember correctly, he does 20 to 30 minutes at one club. Then he leaves that club, walks to another club, and does 20 to, 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 to basically the other half there. Oh, that's cool. And then I, I think well, one of the things is it's like it's shot in a place. Everybody that's shot here has tried to make it look bigger. Yeah. Like they've tried to make it. Like, in fact, I remember like Jamie Kennedy's director or who or producer or whatever was literally like not well, he did not want to shoot it here and jamie was like i love performing in this room i want to shoot it here and then they brought like up lighting that like extended so it made it look like the stage was like mm. huge it made it look and, so, and it's like i just as a comic and as like what actually like translates uh rory scoville another like just special i'm thinking of specials that are like shot small in yeah. a small venue basically trying to make it like seem like you're there that's why i think the shane one did a good job of it i think it so felt too. like you were like there at that little at that yeah little place. you know it, the thing with uh and like i think uh i love shane specials i loved um there you know there's a bunch of one that kind of like stick out now since i'm on the spot I, i'm not thinking of them but like the thing that i feel like what you really have to do is rem- kind of pinpoint what kind of comedian yeah. is your subject and then figure out how to shoot the comedian oh, around course. that. And like you just said, it's like the point he's at, he's at like a different point even than his career of, you know, doing comedy and everything. It is, it's time for the, for well, it's time for that. Like you totally, said, like but, that you know, makes, it makes sense. Less of, less of that though, but more kind of like Shane and Chris Rock are two completely different style comedians. Right. Right. Chris Rock is going to pace back and forth and Shane is a statue. Right. So you have to film, you have to film Chris completely different than you would Shane, which probably require more cameras, make, making sure you get different spots. Right. Where are you going to be at this point? Where are you going to be at that point? Continuity gets crazy. Yeah. Where Shane, it's just like, you know, you're going to stand there. So, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, just so standing there. Paul is very energetic. And yeah. so that was one of the things that I really wanted to focus on were, were kind of like the side cameras. Right. Because Paul does this thing where he will look, he plays the room when he does stand up. He's not just like kind of like looking over here, kind of like his eye line goes everywhere. Right. And so I wanted to make sure that those those side cameras work if for the run of jokes, depending on where he's looking. Right. Um, and so like that kind of like technical side really made me go like, dude, I fucking love this shit. Like, this is great. Also, it's like a kind of like a theater type vibe where I imagine you as a performer get this all the time. But it's like you go like, all right, we're starting. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah Good that's... luck, everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're not going to be like, oh, God, God, can we can we reset? Can we take that back? You know, yeah. you just got to. That's, that's what I always always say when I ran everything here, when I like ran the bar and and everything it would just be before we're gonna do like two sold out shows and it's just a lot like a yeah. lot going on and everybody's like freaking out and stressed out and then i go and then i would just always be like you know what no matter what in six hours it'll all be over like that's yeah. what happens is the time when it comes to something like this the time just like go like yeah it just happens like now we're doing it now it's in the middle of it now it's over absolutely that kind of thing so yeah it's that's that's funny yeah but, man but yeah it's uh i'm 
been thinking about it a lot and trying to like get an idea of what I what I what I wanted what I would want to do to release and I don't even know like part of me doesn't I don't even know if it would be something that's like an hour like I think that the, I don't think it's like necessary to mm-hmm. to have an hour to, to do I guess I guess the only reason that it makes a lot of sense is if you're going to the trouble of setting everything up then you're like well I might as well do an like have it be an hour but I I don't know I'm starting to think that doing shorter <coughs> excuse me like t- or like 15 minutes 15 maybe 20 minutes is like better for like people's attention span you can monetize that, that put it on different clips on socials and yeah. stuff like that uh now do you think you'd go kind of more of like schultz's like infamous and kind of do like brighter everywhere everything is kind of like lit in the space so you can like talk to people or do you think you would kind of no, go away would, from that i would because i would want it to be in a club in, a, mm-hmm. in like a club for sure and i would just want it to be as most as most like a club as it can be so it's like just dark and the and letting the stuff happened. Yeah, that's kind of what I w- went with Paul's thing. Is it was, um, you know, uh, it it definitely is is darker and like that's one of the things I want to yeah. do is because like in his in his set he he never really talked to the crowd. Yeah, and so and I, that's the, the yeah the Schultz thing. He was talking to like he talked the to everybody, fifth row yeah, and talking to all kinds. He's of like, people. "What's up, you up there?" And like the whole yeah. place is lit and it's very colorful and it, there's a style to that, but like. Again, you got to play into yeah. who your co- comedian is, and like Schultz, you got to light everything. Yeah, because he's he's his crowd work is I'm looking and looking and look, like he's like looking at everybody mm-hmm. while he's talking and figuring stuff out. Like my crowd work is more my crowd work is more like I'm like I'm looking, but I'm not even. It's like it's almost like you're looking, but I'm not looking for anything. Like I'm yeah. just like look, I get up on stage and then like oh shit, you like you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's a little bit it's a little bit different. Or Schultz is like I feel like he's started this whole the wave of like crowd work and stuff so it feels like he's and everything moves so fast to me it feels like he's uh like the old man i don't know if that makes sense like he's like the because that i think like that crowd work's not really cutting it anymore especially because of like all of the all of the clips that you see online that are just like hey what do you do for work yeah like, you know what i mean that the yeah. people are going it's like got to be more dynamic and more real rather than the which I've been noticing. We noticed that this weekend. We did. We had shows here all weekend, and nobody brought a camera. Oh wow! Nobody brought a camera and recorded their set. And then I didn't record my sets because I've been highly uninspired to record my sets okay. and to make clips just because of the state of the whole, like basically reels and TikTok world with comedy. How like it's super saturated. It's like everybody's clipping out one every little tiny thing that they think can like maybe this can go yeah did you see uh <coughs> did you see mark Marin's uh little thing he did i did not okay so he goes he pretty much is like hey i'm i need to get crowd work stuff so he gives someone his phone and right. he goes record me doing this he goes all right so i'm gonna do crowd work i'm gonna butcher it but he goes yeah. i need to do crowd work and you know you're gonna record me and then i'm gonna put all this on tiktok he goes okay good hey where are you from texas that fucking sucks there's one. Okay, we got one. And yeah. so he does that. I mean, that's what the, that's, I mean, I've heard, I mean, in this room that we're sitting in, I've heard people, like, I've heard comics, like, go on stage, say something, and be like, all right, I got, I've got the clip, and then, like, move on. Like, I've heard, I mean, not very good comics, like, yeah. you know, not, um, but they've done it. Yeah. They've yeah. definitely, like, I've definitely, I've definitely seen that. And it's, but this weekend, oh, I've noticed is lately, it's been less and less recording of the sets and so which it makes me makes me more down to record my sets and like get back on top of like 
clipping stuff out. And then it's like stuff will happen like this weekend from both shows. There were like moments that would definitely uh, could have like clipped out or something. But then I don't know. Sometimes like I, I told Xavier, I'm always like a smart ass. So I told Xavier, I was like, it looks like I'm just doing it for the love of the game. Yeah, like, you yeah. know what I mean, like remember, like totally. it's like, cause that's what it was. I mean, three years ago, when there were no no clips or anything like you know, online like this, it was like, yeah, this is just what we did. This is just what we did. Dude, but. it's comedians right now are like rock stars. There's like such a renaissance of comedians and like they're like names, like like household names. Like right. you would like it's like they're selling out crazy amount of places. They're going on these insane tours and it's just like comedy is back, dude. Yeah, I just think it's the access. I think it's that like yeah, I think it is totally. the <clears throat> online. Uh, you know, reels and TikToks really made it explode, and then it was, but it was already happening before, mainly you know with podcasts and the podcasts. Are big I think it's them. just a direct, like like me, like I've been fucking with Discord, okay, the past couple of days, and like building, I'm like gonna build that out, and really all the main thing you're trying to do, no matter what it is, is get the direct line to like the people that want to like see you live, totally, and creating. And I think the best way to do that, it's like Dane Cook was like the first example of this on myspace the best way to do that is to create a community of your fans yes you know what i mean and he did that with with myspace and everything i mean it all it all ended up going sideways for him but if yeah. you can i think because he was the first it's like you don't have the the like cautionary tales of you know i think because i think the biggest thing is like being real and i think that's the hardest thing for comics is Mainly, it's like a math problem. It's like, how do I want to sell out places and perform every single weekend and sell all these places out? Like, how do I do that? And so, the early adopters of like doing the clips and stuff, like which I was happen to, be, I happen to be a part of. It's like we're just like it's mostly people that were like interested in, like I've you know we we go that's one of the ways you know that we've all, that we had kept in touch is that I through doing we fucking wrote something together yeah. and and filmed it and everything in our like early 20s and by the way like do you still write i have not i but i'm down to dude for how young you wrote that script it actually is was very good and i i hope you find writing again and hope you go back to it i'm down to it's like a like i'm down to do different things but i want to do comedy the most sure and so i'm like i need to yeah i should i should do it i should writing is fun yeah you're and you're good at it your instincts your instincts are really good and like you you understand story right right and i felt like and i was literally driving over here thinking about that i was like man kenny should fucking really just write a pilot or something dude and like you know you as a comedian you you are in the writing process all the time right you know what i mean so yeah in fact it's funny because i actually have here on the Discord that I made, there's like a few people in it. I said I was going to do the podcast. And one of the questions was, uh, if you had unlimited funds to make a movie, what story or premise would you, and who would you want to star in it? Who is one comedian that you think could take, oh, that's some, who I could take in a jujitsu match. I mean, so funny. Most, most comedians, except for ones that are <laughs> better than me at jujitsu. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was thinking, I was because I was thinking about that, like what I would, want to write like i've had i mean i have a i have a bunch of ideas it's literally just execution totally which i should talk to you about after this anyway because what i've thought for the past few years with it is like i need to because that's what i I was like how did i do it before and i was like well there was like kind of a team of us Mm -hmm. even if even if it's like if i wrote most of it because that's what really the way that it got written is mark physically wrote most physically like typed it in but from pacing back and forth and tell it being like, Oh, this, Oh, this, Oh, this. So it's like, I think, 
that's how I think of it. So I'm always thinking like I need somebody else to yeah. write with or to to do the shit with rather than it just being me because I don't. I heard a really interesting saying that um, um, Mark Duplass uh, said. He goes, your first draft, don't even type it. Just say it out loud on your phone and record it. Right. And he goes, because that's going to give you a vomit draft, which is like your draft before you're rough. And then you then take that and then write that out. And then you're going to rewrite while you're writing it. So then it's going to become better. I thought that and I was and I've never done that in my entire life. I, I write I, I'm the type of writer that before I write dialogue, I need to write out the beats that happen like. Uh, Dan drives over to, you know, the rec room, records podcast with Kenny, Dan and Kenny make out afterwards. You know what I mean? Whatever that is. Uh, but (laughs) well, we will, (laughs) but like, that's the, that's like that. That's how I have to do it. I have to do it like in that kind of like order. So I know where my story's going, but like for some people who don't operate that way, I imagine doing that kind of like vomit draft on your phone. Like, cause that's what you're doing. Instead of talking to right. Mark now, now you're t- just talking to your phone and then yeah. your ass is going to sit in front of the computer and just type of it course. all up when you're done. Yeah, that makes a lot. It, makes... It's really fascinating I, when I heard that. Yeah. To, for me, it's uh, all, it's always just the, it's like, it's probably the same as stand up because the stand up, stand up is just like one idea. Just like, like the newest joke I'm working on is uh, about like pissing the bed being like, I, I my 11 year old self would be proud of us for how long it's been since we pissed the bed. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I remember my mom like it was just that I think that that's funny like yeah. just saying that was funny and then the next thing was me talking about how my mom would get like mad at me for pissing the bed she it was not like it was almost like she knew she couldn't get more mad so she got the most mad that she could be at me for doing it like I never got grounded for it I never like fuck it. it's not like because I got like spanked as a, kid, as a fucking kid like I didn't get spanked for it or anything like that but she was definitely like not chill not just like oh it's okay this happens you're gonna grow out of it like you know what i mean um and so i the next thought that is very funny to me is i go like i don't think she knew now that i'm 37 and i like can like look at this back of this i like maybe she didn't know how pissing on the bed worked like maybe like you know how you piss on the bed and it's that you know you wait you you have to take a piss and then you don't wake up and you piss in the bed and then you lay in it and then you wake up and then you're like, no, oh, I hope I didn't piss in the bed. And then you fucking feel it. And you're like, fuck, I pissed in the bed. Mm-hmm. And you're upset with yourself and embarrassed. And then you have to go tell your mom. She's going to be mad at you. And I was like, that's how it happens. But the way I think that she thinks it happens is I actually have to piss. And I wake up and I stand up on my bed. And you just like whip it out. And I piss on the bed while I'm saying, <laughs> fuck that bitch. She's going to clean all this sh- fucking shit up. And then I jump back into the bed like a wrestler off the top ropes. Yeah. And then sleep in my piss. Yes. Yeah, for a few more piss. hours. Like <laughs> proud of yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just ah, here we go. Yeah. And so it's like, but it's like it just comes from two ideas. One, be, one two funny things to say, basically. Like you know what I mean? Like two things that I, the concepts that I think are funny, and then it's like the rest is just filling in between. I like thinking of the psychology of your mom, and I wonder if she ever like didn't give you liquids after a certain period. She like <laughs> yeah, she's she, like, "Well, that was a thing. I feel like that was like a thing in move like in something like, no, 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 no water for you after yeah. like in, yeah. after 6 p.m. Like, like in Home Alone, right? Yeah. That's what, is yeah. That what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, you you can't drink soda after such and <laughs> yeah. such or you know He's you're like, going to wet the bed. That's what, like yeah. the, I identified with that. Like when yeah. I saw that in that movie, I was like, this is a problem That's for all of us. right there. This is a problem yeah. for all of us. Like it made, it actually made the problem more real. Yeah. Like of like, oh fuck, other people are doing yeah. this. 
Because I don't think, I think that actually, maybe that hurt it. Maybe it would have been better if I would have <laughs> just thought I was like the only one. Every, yeah. every kid thought that they were Kevin in Home Alone, yeah. but really we were all just his little cousin that got his face smashed by the chair. Yeah, we're all just Buzz's <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah, yeah woof. Uh, no, I was. I, I think that's funny. Like, I wonder if like how many parents just go like, okay, no more liquids, and like the kids like clearly dehydrated. They're like, <laughs> just rub some water on his lips. <laughs> yeah, his just lips a, are cracked. You have an ice cube until you, you just know. rub a little bit on his. After lips. five, you only get cubes of ice. Yeah. <laughs> But if I was going to write something, um, one thing I always wanted to write was uh, I when I was in my early 20s, I my girlfriend's sister went to Santa Barbara and then I would I went there for like two years, like very frequently just to go party. OK. And then just that experience, the experience of like, holy shit, because I like I was like 23 doing this because i was like older than like i was like barely older than most of the college kids mm -hmm. so yeah i was like 23 or 24 doing this and being like holy shit like the movie type of partying is real like yeah. it is real because you always go like i you know even like high school parties or or just adult parties after you're out of high school they're fun but it's not like insane like just so many insane scenes. what's that like fucking thing they do like in the cliffs they like all float uh, floatopia like, yeah floatopia I, so yeah. the inaugural floatopia like when it like it first started happening like i didn't i never went to it but i was like i them planning it and talking about it and be like it's gonna be this huge thing and uh kids like fell off that cliff i don't know if yeah. that had anything to do with floatopia but they felt like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like don't like a certain amount of people like die yeah. each year at floatopia flying off like falling because it's like by a cliff yeah and just hanging out at the top of the cliff. Yeah, some people fell and died and shit. But but it's like, yeah, it's just a because it's a wild concept. Isla Vista is the name of the like the neighborhood, mm -hmm. like the little community. And it's just I don't know how big it is, but it's multiple blocks, like many blocks of all college kids. And then every so many houses or apartments, there's a Mexican family. Okay. And the Mexican families will be out. Uh, they're just our Mexican. It's not my fault. That's just what it is. Santa Barbara. Uh, but they would be out in the at like two. Everybody throw, throws not at two, but all night. People throw their cans onto the lawn. Oh, and then the Mexican families come around and pick up like all the fucking cans. Sure, and then and fucking recycle them. Recycle them, yeah, dude. And so like, I was like, yeah, fucking... be like, throw the cans on the lawn, and then yeah. fucking get them picked up. But it was like, that's all that's there. That's like all like it's just you're walking up and down the streets and it's just all it might as well just be dorms. It's just all fucking college kids and crazy part like to the point you're like walking down the street and then you're like see a part like see people playing beer pong and you're just like now you're at this party that you don't know anybody from. It was just mm -hmm. like it was very movie-esque. Yeah. And I just feel like writing something that has to do with going there. My latest idea is um, about zombie Santa. And I have this idea of like Santa is delivering presents and then he falls into like a vat of toxic waste, right. turns evil. And then at a holiday party, uh, the hero and the his love interest have to save the day uh, against evil Santa. So it'd be zombie Santa spreading Christmas fear this <laughs> but, summer. <laughs> But zombie Santa, if he's a zombie, then if he fucks with anybody, he's going to turn them into zombies. Is yeah. that, is that what it, he's the yeah. cause of the outbreak? Absolutely. The whole Christmas party goes nuts. Then there's zombie elves and stuff like that. You right. just do the super campy over the top 
Nicholas Cage as Santa, zombie Santa. And then it ends it ends and you guys fucking kill Santa. And then one of the elves survives or the reindeers. Yeah, and oh, like gonna, a, well, yeah. that's what I was going to say is like yeah. you, the last scene that you see <laughs> yeah. like, is like, they're like, Rudolph, get us home. Yeah. And then his fucking eyes turn Just, or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, everybody's going to end up yeah. being, everybody's going to end up being a zombie. There you go. See, right itself. Or maybe the Easter bunny like shows up at some point <laughs> yeah. to help. There you and go. that's how you actually, but, <laughs> yeah. but then doesn't say that the, that he got bit too or something. Yeah. yeah. Fucking zombie, zombie Santa. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. That's what that's like the not that it's the same idea by any means, but there's that movie from last year. I think it's on with David Harbor, Arbor, Harbor, yes. or whatever. Was it Silent Night? No. It's yeah, I think, uh, it was, I think that's yeah. what it was called. Like okay. Silent Night. Yeah. And it's like Santa has to end up saving some yeah. fucking people and shit. But it's like the you know, opposite. Yeah. The evil, evil Santa. I just want to uh, or you do Santa gets trapped by like a kid who who never got the toy he wanted. And no one's allowed to steal these ideas, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, Santa gets trapped by a kid who is, um, who like never got the toy he wanted. So right. he grew up hating Santa and he ends up being like Jigsaw and he catches Santa and he's going to torture him for not giving him his, and then Santa has to escape. That reminds that was like misery. Yeah. It's like misery. <laughs> but with Santa. What would be good is if you could combine all of you can yeah. combine like it's like Santa's in a movie that hits the tr- hits like tropes of all these different yeah. movies. So it's like multiple. Maybe it's just because I'm in the holiday spirit right now. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like fucking like you'd be cool as if we fucking murder Santa or if we turn his ass into a zombie. Zombie Santa. Yeah. Zombie Santa or kidnapped Santa. So that would be that. I what if it's like Santa gets his reindeer like kidnapped and then it's like taken? Ooh, and he has to get him back. I need to get Blitzen back. And then, yeah, I Blitzer? Guess, Blitzen? Then he, then he has to go. He, he, he like goes up and he's like, say this word. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes him read it off the piece of paper, like taken. Yeah. Seeing a, like Rudolph with the hoofs. <laughs> yeah, and then exactly. Dragged out yeah. Of the back. Like, yeah. Santa, no. I think I'm hidden. I don't think they found. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Rudolph. Listen, Rudolph. Yeah. They are going to Just take you. Shout out everything you see. I will find you. <laughs> and then, like the Saudis, yeah, <laughs> the, the Saudis are trying to, to, the Saudis are trying to buy Rudolph to fuck him. <laughs> no, what do they call him in Back to the Future? They're called um, the Libyans. Is that well? Libya is a real sure, but that's what he. That's what he. He goes like the. Lib- are coming we call them the labians yeah yeah for labias yeah yeah, yeah. he's like the libyans and i was always just like well i just recently watched back to the future was that a popular term back then or did they try to make something that wasn't a popular term to not offend it looks very like un pc right? right but like it it kind of i don't i don't know i, I just like well i was watching that and i'm just going like like he's like just shouting out like the libyans are getting are here <laughs> run because Libya's got to be small, right? Because we don't even hear about it anymore. Is it? Does it exist anymore? I I don't know. I don't. It wanna... has to still exist, right? Yeah. Jamie, look that up. Yeah. Put it. Yeah. You know, f- figure it out. Put it in the comments. I'll read. The, I'll read the comments. If instead of reading a map, <laughs> yeah. I just haven't heard about Libya since Gaddafi or it whatever. Has, yeah. I like, think I it has like, to exist. Yeah. It probably... But I wonder if like yeah, I wonder like what was going on in Back to the Future? Why they like really were just like let's call out the Libyans. Yeah. For I'm this. guessing that it's a very small country. Yeah. Watch, I'm gonna look on the map. It's yeah, gonna it's like gonna the be size fucking of fucking massive. India or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it only has 8,500 million people. Yeah. <laughs> 
the biggest Muslim population on the planet <laughs> yeah. is in Libya. Yeah. It's not. But um but yeah, the Libyans from fucking from back to that's who he gets the uh plutonium pl- from. Yeah. yeah. They're not they're not gonna remake Back to the Future. I hope not, dude. I hope not. Did you watch the that Michael J. Fox documentary? I did not. Dude, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Uh, he got Parkinson's when he was 27. That sucks. Dude. Isn't that fucking <laughs> insane? That's terrible. Like, dude was on the top of his game. Yeah. And then he gets this horrible disease that, like, old people get. Yeah. He tried to come back, and he did, like, the Michael J. Fox show. Like, it was yeah. like a show kind of about him but he wasn't him if it, make, if it makes any sense but did, I, I watched that show it was like i don't know now this had to have been like five years ago i guess mm-hmm. five or six years ago by now but it wasn't like it wasn't bad it was just it was like hard to because that's what they did is he was playing like himself yeah in it so he had parkinson's and stuff but it was odd to just watch some but like to watch somebody with parkinson's <laughs> in the documentary you you really get a glimpse of just like how fast he still is like comedically like he like he he like in the opening part the opening shot he like walks outside and he's passing this woman and he trips and he falls right because one thing about parkinson is that he falls a lot right, right? and so he you know the woman's there, he gets helped up and all this kind of stuff. And he goes, uh, you knocked me off my feet or something like that. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and it was just like so fast. And it's just like, I don't know, that documentary is really fascinating. It's just like seeing this person who has this like horrible, horrible like disease. And he's just like living life. And you just go like, man, I, I have nothing to complain about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing it. That's why I think that's why why I didn't watch it is because I'm like, oh, it's going to be sad. Yeah. He has Parkinson's. It's really not. It's like it. Obviously, it's sad, but it's not sad. It's like it's, hopeful. Type yeah. Of, the hopeful. It's very, type of sad. it's very good. Yeah. Um, I couldn't recommend it enough. So what do you What's your next fucking what's your you're just that you're writing shit so yeah i've been i've been developing some stuff so i've been doing that i'm uh i'm gonna go uh ad uh movie in new mexico in january and nice. what, yeah. type, what type of movie it's a a comedy but it's like a comedy with some some drama so it's like one of those like 50 uh 51 percent comedy 49 okay. percent dramas um great tone i love those kind of movies um and so i'm gonna go do that um that's gonna probably go to hulu um nice yeah and then i have a movie that i i was the first ad on uh with michael keaton that's gonna come out next year uh early next year that's sick yeah very cool how was it working with how was it working with michael keaton dude it was a dream like it really was like you know i'm a big fan of his and he so he acted and directed in it and um oh why do i know that already yeah he did somebody was talking about this i don't know could have been me yeah but he oh uh, maybe it was like a post it was probably just a post (laughs) it was a post yeah it's probably me yeah Yeah. but he uh dude he's like he's great and anyways he like it it was like a it was like a bucket list movie to work on like al pacino's in it so i worked with al pacino yeah so so it had to have been you yeah Yeah, yeah. it had to to have been you yeah so i'm like for a guy who like at one point wanted to act and be like al pacino to actually meet and work with al pacino was fucking rad did you do an al pacino impression around him i was like Oh, ooh, no, I didn't. Uh, but he is the nicest guy. Fuck He's yeah. super funny. He like tells jokes about. Were you shooting. around him when he found out he was going to have the kid? No, I wasn't. Uh, but I, I heard uh, of his 
And when I worked with him, he was 82. Right. And his his strong cum. His girlfriend was 28. <laughs> his cum is not decaf. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Full calf, dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, someone on set goes, those numbers are reversed. And I was like, oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. So uh, there's that. But he he was, dude, he was like telling jokes about the Godfather and all this kind of stuff. He was awesome. Was that your most fun? Well, okay. So basically, because I have some questions here. Sure. For, for questions from the fans. And uh, basically, the questions for you, have there been any movies that you've helped direct that were stressful and you were like, the way they worded it is that you were they were stressful and you were ready for it to be over. So I'm mm. I know you probably don't want to put that put it out there like quite like that, but like a stressful movie. And then they were saying what was the most fun thing that you've directed? So um you know, I think every project has this like um this like love hate thing with it, right? Right. Like even this special that I did with you know, I directed this comedy special that I'm super, super, super proud of. And like, I loved making it every second. And like, I'm so fucking pumped that right. we're done. There is a part where you go, okay, we got to finish this. And because like most creative things, you can, you can like, you know, get real fine strokes on, on, on it until the day you die. But right. you have to just kind of go, it's, it's out in the world now, go have fun. And, um, so I, do you think with that, with a lot of project, for some of more of my narrative stuff, there are things that I felt like I wanted to be over a little sooner than other things for different reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's just a natural feeling to have. It's just like, I'm ready for this to be fucking done. Right. Um, and then you, you look at it with like some fondness and joy. And like, so some of the movies that like, uh, like for instance, my first movie that I directed, which I think is a good segue here is like, it was hard as fuck to make. We had no money. I had to call favors. I had to produce the whole thing. We're talking about dirty. We're talking about dirty. <laughs> and like, so I like, I had to literally, uh, you know, I filmed it at my mom and dad's place. I filmed it at my girlfriend's house, my house. I filmed it at like, I called bars and was just like, can I please come shoot there for like three hours right. and like stuff like this. And it was like really stressful and hard. But I look back at that time frame now and I just go like, man, I had such a blast and I'm so proud of like the work I did. Right. Even though it's like, not like one of these movies that gets seen by millions of people. Right. Um, it's on free V it's called dirty. You have to literally write dirty 2016, by the way, you shouldn't name a movie just like a small word like that. It should be <laughs> <laughs> because it's hard. It's, because it's hard. It pop. You yeah. think it would just pop up, yeah. but it, because of that, it dirty dancing dirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like everything is, is named dirty. And so I was like, God, we should have named it like the bad cop movie yeah. <laughs> or something. Cop drama. Yeah. Uh, what was the other question? The other it was it was saying what was stressful and what was the most fun. Okay, so yeah, I think I think Knox goes away was uh, was the most fun. Um, yeah, because um, so like as an assistant director, you're you're very much in charge. Like my my poor man's version of like explaining what that is is like I direct the crew, right? right? So like if you're directing. I want to make it so easy for you to just work with the cast that all I then then all you need to do is worry about them. I'll take care of everything else. Okay. And so I'll come up to you and be like, okay, we're gonna work on this scene now. We're gonna start with this shot that you wanted to get. And then after that, we're gonna get this shot and this shot. 
And you go, cool. And I go, all right, go work with your cast. I'll make sure the crew's good, right? Nice. And so that's that's kind of that vibe. But with Knox, Michael Keaton's directing and acting. So there comes a point where I need to help him with stuff as well. And I just felt like Michael completely trusted me and treated me as an equal. And I know that sounds like, yeah, that should happen. But like, oh, yeah, of course. But he, I mean, he's Michael Keaton. Talking, but like, he, like he's been around forever. And he he's, is a, yeah. a legit movie star, been a movie star for 40 years. He's one of the best, like best actors. Um, he's an, he's an actor's actor. You know what I mean? Like right. everyone loves this guy. And, the, and, and he, it was just the best experience. Like he, he played music on Fridays when we rapped and he like, uh, wanted to eat, he ate lunch with people and wanted to know everyone's name and where they're from. And he just like, he literally would be like, are you having a good time? That's what I care about the most. He's That's the sick. fucking coolest dude. So that was my, uh, and also just like being a fan of, of Al Pacino and of actors, Marsha Gay Harding, who who she's in it, she's amazing. James Marsden is in it. The it's like it was so much fun, and I again super stressful, right? Very hard at points. I wanted it to be over. I look back at it now, pretty much being a year from when we wrapped it, and I'm just like, God, I miss it, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. That's like I do have some other Yeah, please. Let's see what other questions we have. Um we talked about the Oh, somebody asked me if I've ever gotten laid after a show from an audience member. And that's how I met my girlfriend, and that's the only person that's that's ever happened. That's the only oh, person that's, that's cool. ever happened with. And it actually wasn't like it wasn't that because I, I mean, I think they're assuming that it's like you go on stage and then you're like, and then afterwards it's like you're like, hey, you come with me or something like that. The blowjob line is the, over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's not. I mean, no, it's not like that at all. It's uh, it was more. It was here at the club Thursday. I read a comedy competition every Thursday that's mm -hmm. here. And so 10 comics perform and do like do three minutes. And then there's two judges. The judges pick the finalists. The finalists do a minute. And then the crowd votes for the winner. Okay. And my my current, my now girlfriend, she came here with like a dude that was like her, just her for a friend. And at uh, every show, there's a point where the, the crowd has votes on Instagram. And it takes a few minutes. And so I'm like, kill, I kill time. And I had my Apple Watch on. And I was single, obviously, and I got a hinge notification. And so I was just like, hey, how's everybody? I was like, do you guys have a good time tonight? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, ooh, I'm getting a hinge notification. And people were like, read it. Read the hinge notification. And so I, uh, I read what it is. And they're like, let somebody answer it. And uh, I'm like, okay, like I'll let a, like a, a chick has to do it. I'll let a chick, a chick answer. I'll get a, like a woman's help. And then as this chick's coming up, I hear my girlfriend, I hear her go like, fuck that, like, fuck that hinge girl. Take, I, I want to go out with you, right? And I hear that and I'm like, oh, I was about to be like, okay, let's talk about this. Yeah. this. But then the girl at the same time that she's saying that, I'm saying like, okay, wait to this girl. I'm like, what's your situation though? Like, are you single? Like, what's going on? Do, do I even Meaning want- the girl on stage? Yeah, do, okay. I, do I want your help? Yeah. Like, should you even be smart, helping me? Smart, yeah. And, and then the girl on stage goes, at the, I hear this and I'm about to just throw this away and talk about this. And the girl on stage goes, I live with my ex-boyfriend right now uh, and I've proposed to him twice and he has said no. And then it was just like such a good... Get the fuck off <laughs> saying. No, yeah. no, it was such a good, crazy thing that then I was like, I didn't think even think about this again until after the show 
because I was like, whoa, you got to explain yeah. what is going on in your life. Like you're living with a dude right now who's your ex and you proposed to him two times and he said no. <laughs> like, and so that whatever. Then I'm at the bar and I'm asking the comics. I'm like, did you hear that girl say that? Am I like, the who only was one? The girl that, that, like, am yeah. I the only one that said it? Like that or that that heard that? And then I saw her walking with the dude walking out and I was going to go over there and fucking talk to her. But then I'm like, she's with the dude, even though I obviously she's not on a date because that would be fucking terrible for her yeah. <laughs> if she was on a that's date. Why, and, that's why they're leaving. It's like, <laughs> yeah. We got to go. And so and so they're as they're walking, I was like, ah, whatever. Like, I, it is what it is. And then she followed me. And then I hit her up in like DMs because oh. I was like, I already knew. Like this is uh, yeah. Already, I did hear what she said. So. Oh, there you go. And how long have you guys been together for a long time? For right? no, for two years. Okay, for gotcha. two, 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 almost two years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Like, comedy is not as like I don't know. People are we just weird after shows. Like, not in a terrible way, but it's just I don't know. It's odd interactions. Yeah. With people after shows that are like not like that it's not like i don't know it's not like playing music it's not really like that i think uh yeah i think it's kind of like this weird thing because you have to like open yourself up to like speak to everybody so people probably feel like they they are like friends with you yeah when you're kind of like i don't i don't know you this is like weird so i imagine a lot of it kind of comes also from you where you're kind of like do i you know, do I feel like I need to go out and talk to all these people in the crowd now, or do I just want to go kick it? And And there's, there's like literally like we have like, we might be like me and my friend, my comedian friends, we have like a term called pussy comic. And it's like, it's not just because it's like, oh, you could just be like any comic that afterwards is like hooking up with. It's not, it's not just that. Mm -hmm. It's like a completely tailored. Everything is, is tailored to that gotcha. rather than like in service of like actual stand-up like you'll notice like some of the things that they talk about like they, they don't talk about anything that's gonna make them look bad don't you guys hate it when you're you're, you're it's, it's all like one of hundreds <laughs> drop yeah, out of your it's pocket all, it's all like more cookie cutter type shit like fluffy fluff not fluffy the comedian but yeah. like fluff <laughs> i was like fluffy's a pussy <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just like fluff it's it's funny because I won't. I mean, comics that know, like on the inside, if the in, on the inside that are watching will know who this is. I'll just say when, like, when Chris D'Elia got in trouble, like some people were surprised. Like most comedians in general, most comics weren't surprised. Yeah. But he, I'm, I wasn't surprised mainly from his openers. Like I know his the people that were in the group of his openers, and they like did shows here. And they like legitimately tailored everything. Everything about it was about like who, like they were checking like Instagram girls that were already posting that they were here, like taking pictures outside and then hashtagging it. Because this was like before the this was sure. well well before the pandemic. So this is when like hashtags were like yeah. a bigger deal. So they were like just looking at who tagged the rec room, who hashtagged the rec room, and like oh she's here. Oh, and then like I'll never forget. Like it, it, I'll never forget because they were just nonchalantly talking about it in front of a bunch of people they didn't that a bunch of other dude comics that they didn't know like mm-hmm. us here. And he goes oh so and so came. Fuck dude. I'm trying to fuck her friend right there. But like if I fucking go talk to her friend, she's gonna tell her that we hooked up. <laughs> And it was just like that. And it was just like, and that was the night. That was the night the term, the term was born. Wow. Pussy comics. And it's just, yeah, it's everything. It's like the thing, again, the things they talk about on stage or never think of like, think of Chris D'Elia himself. Like on stage, he doesn't typically talk about anything that like makes him look unfuckable. 
Does that make sense? Like, like that doesn't really make him look like a terrible person. Sure. He has been a little bit more because his last last special, he like mentions a little bit of like obviously the shit that's gone on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On with him and stuff. So that probably doesn't make him look good. But besides that, it's like it's all I don't know. It's all. And that doesn't even necessarily mean it's bad comedy. Like he was known as being a very good comic before. Yeah, he was bef- very popular before before any of this. It doesn't n- mean that it has to be bad comedy. It's just like, as somebody who does comedy and then sees what you're doing, I'm like, oh, I, see your choices are intentional. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, I just this is just what I write about. Yeah, it's you, like, you have a motive. Yeah, you yeah. made sure to you made sure for for this. So it's like, yeah, there's there's. A whole world out there, <laughs> uh, you know, but all that stuff's like gotten all that stuff's gotten a lot better because of uh, you know shit like him getting in trouble and and then just in general like Me Too shit and just I mean Matt Rife is dealing with something right now where it's like he has like an ex that's going on podcasts talking about how he like cheated on her with like twenty chicks yeah and stuff like that and the and the and then I'm what I'm it's not necessarily that part of it it's the part where. These chicks are all. What happened was she found out about another chick, and then this chick's like, "Oh, let me bring you into this like group." And it's a group chat, all of women who thought that they were like dating him or whatever, like, mm-hmm. and he was like fucking all of them or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's like so. It's like there's way more. Like if you were a musician in the fucking '80s and you're in fucking Iowa. You're like, nobody's going to know about yeah. this. And it's like, now it's coming to a time where it's like, yeah, that dude, you go fuck this chick in Iowa. And then you go home and you have a wife or you have a girlfriend or something like that. And then you like post something with your wife or girlfriend. Well, now that chick sees that and is like, what the fuck? I'm just going to tell her that you were out here cheating. 100%. That's like, that's like everything too, man. Like, that's why I feel like there's, you know, not to get it like, you know, political or whatever, but that's why I think there's like a lot of that kind of stuff about like, you know, the genocide that's going on in in Gaza and all of this. It's like, it's opening your eyes to things. Like there's so many more people who can now show what is really happening. And to like that point, it's like, yeah, look at you're going to go be a scumbag, you know, and cheat on your wife while you're in you're doing a small club in Iowa. Well, the people in Iowa now have the ability to communicate that to the entire planet. Yeah. And exactly. so you're there's like it's really kind of like I you know, I personally think that, you know, I I think I was uh coming up in the entertainment industry, I was on this cusp of kind of like it's still okay to be a shitty person. I don't mean like sexually right. per se, but like I still remember like certain directors would scream and yell at you while you were trying to get there. And that was just like accepted. Right. And now that's fucking gone. And you like if you're the type who is like you're you scream and yell, people will literally just be like, "Hey, I'm not fucking working like that." See right. you later. And I think that that to me is like really great because well, it's like the communication it's just communication like like, yeah. like what casey wilson came out and was like and was saying like tim allen is terrible on set like you know what i mean like people just get like told on yeah for no for no matter what it is in fact i don't know how you how it is for you um in like film tv and production and that kind of stuff but for comedy i was actually just talking about this with xavier uh earlier in comedy it's like a huge like overcorrection though uh in a way where it's like i guess if you're gonna if you're gonna overcorrect something this is a good thing to overcorrect because at the end of the day it's people being nice yeah but i've noticed that like there's a lot of people that now that's like what they're 
like that's what their currency is like mm. in, in comedy their currency is like being really really nice rather than being really really funny like pete holmes nice or like no no because no, pete holmes is very funny pete yeah, holmes yeah. is a very good comic i mean it because of the um because of like the, the the nature of like us all like rubbing elbows all the time, so sure. all being around, all the comics being around each other mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it just every, people are like just overly nice, mm. and people will be like, dude, I, like people will really like somebody, and it's like, oh, because they've been so nice to you and so personable and all of this stuff, but then it's like you're get in comedy you get clout, you can get clouded by that, like it's that's one thing you do is you go in and you suck, right? You start you start yeah, out yeah. you start out and you suck, and then you just develop friends, and your friends see you with like the fucking rose tinted glasses who are like, no, you don't, you don't suck that bad. Yeah. When it's like, really you do still suck that bad. Yeah. 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 And so now it's like, you're, you're, they're your friends. So it's like that, that's again, that's how like more mediocre people can keep a career in comedy. I don't think it, see for you guys, everybody's getting paid. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like it, it would be, a, it would be as though you had people that were just like doing it for free. Like they're like hanging around set, doing it for free in hopes that they could one day get paid. And so those people are super nice and then kind of get brought along because of that. I don't know if this makes sense. No, no, it does make sense. I feel like that's like a big actor thing. Like actors have to deal with stuff like that too. And like, it's a lot of just kind of like, you know, it's like helping each other out. It's kind of like, you know, you do auditions, you run lines together and you're just kind of like, at some point you're just kind of like, okay, well, we started this together. We're friends. You know, you give me tags, I give you tags and so on and so forth. But like, I just want to be like, I don't think you have it. You know what I mean? But like, I, it's also just kind of like, I don't want to say that to you. Of course. Because I I don't ever want anyone saying it to me. Of course. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely kind of tough, but, but I. The then t- when it happens a lot, then you start to look around. and You're like, wait, all these motherfuckers are the motherfuckers. Like it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like a wild. It's I don't know. It's part of that. That actually makes a lot of sense because acting is like it's obviously the art, the artist or whatever. You sure. know what I mean? Like the, it's the same type of. Yeah. That's what it is. It's because you. It's the same. It's exactly the same. There's people that are doing acting yeah. shit for free. A hundred percent. And just in hopes of like, well, no, this is going to lead to. This I is going to lead to something else. It's going to lead to something else, and so on and so forth. Dude, yeah. that's why I fucking hated acting. And like, not because only that, like, I also realized that I wasn't fucking good and I just never felt comfortable doing it. But like acting was always to me, like, I just look at now, like, you know, when we did dirty, I was hanging out with Paul and we were looking at casting and we were seeing all these headshots. I look over and Paul like, looks like he's about to fucking cry. And I go, dude, what's going on? Cause casting's fun. Right. And I go, what dude, what's going on? He goes, I've been those headshots. He goes, I've been the people that you just scroll through for no no reason whatsoever right. besides just someone just doesn't click. And he goes, and that's fucking crazy. Right. And it's it's <laughs> fucking it's, and you're just like, damn, that's the truth. And so like I like whenever I I whenever I'm directing something, I'm casting something, I really make it a point to not to not kick people out of the room until they really have a good a good audition where they feel happy with because some people will come in, do your line. Nope. See ya leave. Right. I go, do you do at least two, you know, I'll do that. I'll do at least two, make sure that like you're the person or not the person and then move on because it's like, it's so fucking heartbreaking, man. Um, did you see that movie on Netflix called May December? No. Um, it's not a movie for everybody, but it's about, about a woman who, uh, marries a 
13 year old she's in her 30s she marries a 13 year old it's fucking weird this is your number one recommendation Dude, right yeah so uh natalie portman's in it and she's right. playing an actress who's going to do a movie about that woman she like went to prison and all this oh, kind of okay. stuff and they were like still in love it's based on that like one of those cases right when you know, anyways, you know, the ones one of those cases where the 30 year olds marry. the Dude, it fucking happened. It's yeah. nuts. And um, she. Yeah. Like anyway. So Natalie Portman's playing this actress who's like they're in their casting. And she's like one part in the movie. She's just like they're looking for these kids, like right. these 13 year olds to play the other role. And she goes, she goes. Can any of these, you know, we just need to find someone sexier. And the director on the phone is like, <laughs> what? Like, and like, that is, that is like, ca that's casting. That's like the weirdest shit. Right. But like, part of me was just like, God, I fucking bet you that is a true statement that has been said multiple fucking times <laughs> right. because it's the weirdest shit ever. Yeah, of and course. That's where casting. Well, because you're trying to get, you're trying to convey something with, exactly. you're trying to convey something with it. And if you just have, if you, like, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. if you just have, like, some kid that you're, like, 100% kid, that's what you look like, That's what. It, then it's going to be weirder. It's going to be Unless that's what you want. Unless yeah. that's – in a movie, I, I could see it the other way around where they're trying to cast someone. They're trying to – I think maybe innocence is maybe the right word. Yeah, sure, like, sure, sure. So they're, they're, they cast somebody too innocent. They want to – Cast somebody who's going to be a victim. They need to be extra innocent so you can sympathize even more. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were going to try to go the, uh, the other route with, but anyways, but like yeah, we ran into sense. that on, on special where on special, we were trying to find, no, but not into that. We didn't run into that. On special, <laughs> but in there casting, were no sexy kids available <laughs> yeah. on special. We hit a casting little, uh, snag because we were trying to cast people with disabilities, but right. HIPAA law, you can't ask if someone is disabled. So you had to like, so they could fake it. So like theoretically, if yeah. we put a, an ad out, we're like, hey, we want disabled people. We can't say, what is your disability? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's so funny. And it, it is funny, but like you're going like, but we're trying to do something nice. Right. Right. For a group of people. However, it's still just not. Right. And, right and like so i we ran into kind of something like that where we're just kind of like like on week three you found out the person's not disabled at all like no everyone everyone <laughs> out there did did such a great job and like we you know, that was one of the rewarding things is because we had a group of people with disabilities that just like became like we like started like a friend group and right. like these people still stay in in contact with each other and it was just so much fun and everyone had such a blast but it was like you think you can be like hey you know casting company we're looking for people that are in wheelchairs or whatever and you think that would be like we might not have been clear the first time we need people that are more disabled yeah <laughs> like it was just like yeah dude it was tough because they were like we can't ask people like that that's funny and i go well you should be able you should be able to ask they just don't have to answer they do call, <laughs> what they do is they'll say like people with disabilities apply now right but you as like an able-bodied person can apply too right you can't not for right. you can't like say you can't apply because of, of this right but anyways that's kind of that that's casting's fucking, weird dude yeah that's that's yeah that's my whole thing i actually got i got fired by uh i don't even know if that's what you would call it like i have a commercial agent and they dropped me this week oh because, bummer because, dude. because i no it's it's because i don't do any of the auditions like oh, they wow. send me um i what happened was I got it at the beginning. Like, I got it, and the writer strike started, sure. like, shortly after. 
And then obviously the actor strike. And then there was, so there was nothing. And I, I don't know. I got like four or five different auditions they that they sent me to do. And like the, like this was before while the strike was going on and all of them either like, I didn't want to do it. Like, like they kept sending me these things where they're like, take social media pictures and let the a bank use my social media pictures. And they need to be like, but they like the specific ones they wanted. I'm like, I don't have any pictures like this of me doing like family stuff. I'm like, I'm a comedian. I have all like comic shit and like a pin, a couple pictures with like my girlfriend. Like, yeah. And so I was like, it wasn't a good fit. So I like declined those. And then there were a couple that like, I just, I, dude, it tells you right there, the dates of shit. It will be like the fitting date is this day. The shooting dates are this day. It'll be like, I'm gone. Like I was in Austin for like one of them. So like, I can't, literally can't do these. And then after the strike and everything ended, then they sent me a couple that I just declined. Like I declined. Like I just didn't, I was, I was like, I'm not going to do the audition. I'm just not going to end up doing these. Yeah. And so that's my bad. And then I missed one completely that I just didn't even see. And so they hit me up and they were like, Hey, we don't like, and the way they put it, I knew that it was like, they're trying to like show authority. Cause they're like, you didn't do, you declined this one and you declined this one. And then you didn't even respond to this one. Uh, should we still be submitting you? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So like, and oh, they're like, you have, you didn't respond to this one, but it's still open. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do the one that's open. Sorry. I didn't see that one. Um, and I did that one and then I did another one and then I missed a couple and then they hit me up and they're like, look, we can't afford to keep submitting you, you know, and you don't do the auditions and and I, I was like, right, whatever. Yeah. I, I, honestly, it was one of those things where like, there's a couple people that are always telling me like, you need to do commercials. You have a look that you like. You could you you'd get cash. You need to do commercials. Need to do commercials. But I tell everybody like, I don't want. I don't have the same desire to to follow up on that kind of shit. As I think that's the same reason I don't write and stuff. Writing would be way better. Like way yeah. more interest is way more interesting to me anyway. But I just I don't. Same thing with like at reg, any type of acting. Like whether it's commercials or not. I just don't want to like. I want to act in the sense of like, I want you to fucking be shooting something and be like, dude, hey, Kenny, come Kenny, out for this. You yeah. got, we, there's somebody that we need to fucking make some dumb faces and fucking yeah. yell at somebody like, come do this. It's going to be like two days. And yeah. fucking, I'll, I would love to do something, but I'm just not like, I, I don't know. I feel like it, the only reason for doing it is because I'm a comedian and they're like, yeah, this is like an adjacent thing. You got to go yeah. out and you got to be an actor or be in or do commercial commercials is really just money. That's why everybody does the commercial. Just commercial try. fucking is also like commercial acting is also like insanely tough because it's like, you have to like do this shit with like, you know, like this like weird thing or with like no kind of like no words or whatever. You just have to right. like, Kenny be happy while you walk from your car. Right. And cause you just bought something cool and you're just like, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's very weird. Yeah, and so it was like I just didn't have the like, the, I really, and then there was no like, but the way this worked was a couple people had told me there was one guy that like for literally for like four years is like every time he sees me in L.A. he's like uh, at the comedy store or something he's like, dude, you do you do you did you get are you doing commercials yet? I'm like, no. So he hooked me up with this, but it was like literally a ten minute phone call, and then they sent me all these links and I signed up for all this shit, and then they they sent me auditions. Like I nobody like there was basically no instruction. Yeah. Or no like I feel like if you're gonna be making money off of me, the least we could do is like have more conversation and more a little not anything crazy. It's not like I fucking eat my fucking dick held the whole time. Sure. But it's like you would think like make sure maybe even like. 
do you look at the auditions and be like, oh, you're not doing this right because of this, or you need to do this? No, like, man, you know, you're 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 a number to them. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I, that's my main issue with uh, comedy agents and managers and stuff like that is is because I deal with them through the club, which I don't even deal with them through the club. I don't even book anybody through agents or managers at this point. I only book people like directly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason for that is because they I've I have not met. The best I've met is an agent that's like neutral, like where it's not a. But I've never met an agent or manager that treats that would like treat me as the person at the club the way that I would want my manager to be treating the club and acting on my behalf. You know, I think when you when you find because like I've had a couple agents, uh, and I I'm very happy with who my who I'm with now. Yeah. And I think when you find that person, it's like, it's really like finding like a collaborative partner because that's what it boils down to is like, you need someone who's going to be like, Hey, here I'm at right now. How do, how do I get go? Like, how, how do I get from here to here? Yeah. And then like that same person needs to believe in you where if you end up just being like a name on a list to them, then you're kind of like, well, I'm going to, you're not really like fighting for me or thinking of the next thing. You just want me to take anything I can get because you get 10% out of it. Exactly. And so it's like, I deal with, I I mean, I still get, I get emails all the time from like fucking UTA and, Mm -hmm. and different, uh, management fucking companies that it's just, that's what it is. It's a list. And it's like, all these people are available these days and all the, you know what I mean? And, and they're going to. I'm going to be like, okay, let's book this guy for this weekend. And then they're going to be like, okay, you're booked this weekend. And then if tickets aren't selling, they're just, I'm, they're going to be like, are tickets selling? No tickets aren't selling. They're going to be like, yeah, you need to post on your social media because tickets aren't selling. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's the involvement that, yeah. it, that it is. And it's, and um, I've had multiple like managers, like just tur- like strong arm, try, try to strong arm me basically, but like not really know what they're talking about. Like yeah. with with percentages and door deals and stuff, or like trying to like go f- like fucking like turn their nose up at like just the basic door deal here. When I'm like the basic door deal here is better than almost anywhere. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm somebody who tour. Like I'm somebody I do this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's and they also I think they re- what they try to do is because this isn't like an improv or like a like it's a smaller club. Yeah. They try to just be like, no, you're a smaller club. Like you're gonna do what we what we say or they're not gonna perform here. I'm like, okay, so where are they gonna go perform then? Yeah. Where are they gonna perform in Orange County? Yeah. It's like if they're because if they could perform at the improv, you You'd would be, be at the improv. To the improv <laughs> yeah. right now, but like, and they can't, but you're here and yeah. it's like this is this is what it this is what it is. Yeah, I you know, it's so funny, man. That kind of side of the business is always so weird to me. I run into that kind of like on set occasionally where you just kind of go like, "Hey man, look at we don't need to compare resumes. We can just like yeah. do this thing together." Exactly. You know? Cuz we're both here. Yeah. We're all here, so why don't we just like Yeah. No. And that- in fact, it was like a this was happened uh it was all over a host, a comic, a manager hits me up for a comic that I know I ha- literally have his phone number. Like I've, I've opened for him before, mm-hmm. like in San Diego, like uh, we know each other well enough, like not super well, but well enough. And, but now this guy, he has a manager that started representing him. I met him at a, at somebody else's show and I want to book that guy's show, right? The guy that, cause that guy booked like two sold out shows. Okay. But with the, but then because he's a manager and he has a roster is he's like no no no, no. I he doesn't, doesn't even want to talk about this guy because he's like well he just sold two shows out there I'm gonna take him to the improv now and we're gonna go we're gonna go to the improv next time right mm-hmm. but I have this guy and so he's like okay like 
do you want to do it was literally supposed to be it would have been the show would have been i remember that it was december 16th so it would have been it would have been this was like three or four months ago it would have been this last weekend and he's like he hits me up and he's he's like um we get like the details out for the show and then i just send a like synopsis of it being like hey just so we're all on the same page he's gonna bring his feature we will pay the feature i provide a host here um, which is you, which is one of like I have like three or four guys that host like all the shows. Yeah. So I have somebody that and there's a there's a very good reason for it. A lot of times when somebody books the host, I would say nine times out of ten when it, that goes for like an outside produce, just like a, a showcase or or a headliner, they don't put thought into their host being good. They put thought they like go they get like a lower level comic who they're trying to give like an opportunity for, especially here because we're in Southern California, so they're they're at their home base. Yeah, so they have all these comics to pull from, all these comics that are always trying to get get something from them, and they could finally give that back. Yeah, but it ends up hurting the show, and like they don't they like if they bomb. They have a weird energy while they host because you got to be as a host. It sounds stupid, but you got to be you have to be able to bomb, and then be like that last joke. Like let's say you have the most terrible set. That last joke, you're like, yeah. And then I told her, that's my dick. Thank you guys. I'm Kenny Weber. Are you guys ready for a great show? Come on. Are you guys ready for like you know? I mean, you have to be ready to do that big job. And a lot of comics are not, or they don't, or they're not used to like to credits. Like they'll be reading the like reading it off of something or you know stuff like that. It's just like better just let me book the host so i send him i book the host you book you bring the rest of the shows all yours uh just a 10 minute host and then he comes back he's like oh well he brings his own host with him and i go so we'll we'll have to do and i go okay well i was like that's just not something i'd be like that's not something that's negotiable for the club that's something that we do here i was like um i when i told him i was like look i don't really want to type out a full explanation but i if i'd be more than happy to get on the phone and explain exactly why because there are reasons why we have the host here um, but we, we do. And then he writes back and he's like, well, he brings, he's gonna bring the host. And I just go like, well, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to do the shows. Like, what about music? Do you let them pick the music that you like people are getting seated to? And all uh, that but stuff? yeah, if they send me a, if it's a headliner and they okay. send me a, like a music play, cause it's like, cause it's their vibe. It's like, that's totally. like their crowd and their vibe. And, and I can even, and even with that, I'm even thoughtful to that this guy is a mexican comic that typically i mean he's booked me to open for him so he doesn't just book other mexican comics but yeah. typically he's surrounded by mexican comics i was have a mexican comic that hosts like yeah. i was gonna pick that person to like i'm not like if it's a i have a clean comic you know somebody that can be clean and host mm-hmm. stuff like that like i'm not gonna just be like let's you know yeah. like, like book the opposite you know person for them like i am like it's all you know, I'm thoughtful in that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd even be willing to be like, if he wanted to, I could be like, look, these are the four guys. I'll send you a tape. You can pick out of the four guys. I don't care yeah. about that. It's just going to be one of these people that I vouch for that knows the club rules that don't mind when someone, if someone's heckling, that they don't mind addressing it because it helps way more when the comic addresses it rather than like somebody off stage, like, you know, security sure. or something addressing it. And then it becomes more of a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But a lot of times it's like, cause I do that constantly for here. I do that constantly. Like it would be like people be like, you guys come on like you're talking during my set i really don't care but you're gonna ruin the show for everybody so just you gotta be quiet the rest of the show yeah like just that, yeah. that usually like diffuses it rather than it being like some pissing match even for me like i'll be doing it here like i'll be the guy that's like telling people to be quiet off stage if i'm here and it's like it's way it goes way better when i do it on stage as the comic than do it as the security guy yeah that makes total sense you, man. you know what i mean and so then we i was like i just think it might be better for you guys to find another venue or whatever like because it's like that's what we do and then the guy hit me up 
he like didn't talk, didn't message me back and then hit me up like I think like six weeks out and I'd already booked like a show and everything and he was like hey I want to see if we could get that date on the book I was like well no you tried to fucking yeah ice me out and it's like and that's how you're representing this guy that I know and then I just don't want to cause more of an issue by like calling him and being like what the fuck's wrong with your manager like why are they being like this like and I know that guy would be fine with someone else hosting yeah but it's like it's his man it's again they're trying to like. It's like they're they're doing a like slightly different game than what the comic is doing. They need they yeah uh, like yeah I run into that a lot. You you need to have that kind of conversation with them and just kind of go like a good manager would be like, all right, let me find out. I'll get back to you. Hey Kenny, it's yeah. this. Like they they're saying this, and then you go, oh, okay, not a big deal. Like not just take the liberties to say this. Like once it kind of gets into like the amount of money you make you're probably having this manager or this agent here for a specific reason. Yeah. But like, in my opinion, what a manager, a good manager, what they should do is go, how do we take you from where you're at now and elevate you higher? You know That's what I mean? How do you I, get to the next game right now? You're yeah. on the bench. Let's get you starting. You know what right. I mean? That's kind of the vibe. But there's also, there's got to, I don't know. It's just weird to me because a lot of in comedy, a lot of comics, I don't have a manager, don't have a manager agent, anything like that. Not but yet. The, but then the comics I do and the dude I know that have them, they're like, yeah, my manager's just telling me I need to make clips. Like that's what they're just, they're not like mm. the manager's not going. And I'm not saying necessarily that this is their job, but the manager's not that I would feel like, Hey, we got somebody that's going to come out to your show and record your, record your show. And then that way you, uh, we can get some clips made yeah. of this. I mean, there's gotta be a cost to the comic for, for that. If they did it, like it can't just be just the 10%, but it's like, I don't know. I don't feel like there's a, there is a real effort put it's it's more of like even comics that get managers a lot of times it's like it looks like they're about to have this upward tra trajectory within like the industry part of comedy so they get a manager and then they have the manager for like a year and then the manager and then they get dropped then it's just that it's really that they were trying to be like like they would be like tap tap my comic i get them i get their 10 percent if they do good yeah like, so like uh, i i think that my first agent that i got i got way too early and so yeah. i you know I luckily had a deal with that agent that unless they made make, got me a job, I didn't have to pay them 10%. Right. And so that agent would say that they would like put me up for stuff and whatever. Right. And like I just didn't think I had the resume to get those actual jobs or the, like even interviews for those jobs and right. stuff like that. Where you're right, you um, a good manager also should look at your resume and go, I can work with this or no, I can't. Right. And some people just want to acquire people, like acquire content, because yeah. in hopes that I could throw you over here, and if it bites and I get ten percent, it's no big deal because I'm already yeah. throwing people other places. Exactly. But yeah, man, you you it, and I think to the comedian or to the person, you also look at that and go, well, once I get a manager, I don't have to work as hard on the hustle side of it, where yeah. that's not the fact. Now it's just like. You, you need to keep doing what you're doing. You just have someone else doing it to an area where you don't have access to. Right. That would be, that's like kind of. Exactly. Business. It's like yeah. more of like just getting, but that's what's the frustrating part is come like, man, all I need, all the only thing you're doing for me is people are like answering your email or yeah. answering the phone. But at the end of the day with comedy, it's still that I have to be able to be the one to sell the tickets. It's not like it's me and the, like, they're not the promotion where no. they're like, it's just me selling the tickets. Yeah. And then it's just people answer. I don't know. Like it feels like it almost feels like have a manager for a while. And then if you get to a certain point, cause like, I don't think, I don't think like Whitney Cummings has a manager. Like I think she actually doesn't have representation or anything. I like would that. Be, she does all of her own shit. I, I don't know if she, I, I don't know. I went, I don't know. I imagine she probably would have an agent instead of a manager, but, um, 
Yeah, she. I, th- I just think I heard like somebody was talking about that literally just in the past few days, and I was like surprised, surprised by it. But also like she's also a fucking like go getter. Like, she's, she's one of like, my favorite comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's I, awesome. Yeah, she, I, I, I don't know her personally, but yeah. she's she's one of my favorite comedians. She's and, awesome, and she's always like I, she's always helping helping out comics and helping helping out animals, I guess, but comics. Yeah, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But she's yeah, she's chill. Um. Fuck. Well. I think that's the end, dude. Okay. Well, hey, man, dude, I, uh, <laughs> dude, I felt like, dude, you and I should do this more, man. Yeah, I'm 100. I'm yeah. down. I'm literally trying to record. I, I mean, I'm on top of actually like recording and re- weekly releases and everything. So it's like, dude, we could do this in another month, in a dude, month or uh, so. Yeah, like, man. I wanted, I wanted to talk to you about your reality TV watching because I'm a diehard Survivor fan. Like, okay. Diehard Survivor fan, and I also wanted to talk to you. We haven't talked football. Like, oh man, right yeah, we didn't even get it. We didn't even yeah. get into football at all. We didn't get into any fantasy football. I'm in a guillotine league. Do you know what that is? No, what is that? Oh, so because I know you're in a dynasty league. Yeah. So a guillotine league is when you have 16 teams. Yeah. And each week, whoever scores the least amount of points gets chopped, gets cut out, and right. their players go to waivers. What and the so fuck? before That's you wild. know it, and when does it stop? When do, does it? Stop? When there's one team left, and they get oh, okay. All so of the for pot. the six, 16 weeks, yeah. Damn. So like this week coming up is the the championship or whatever. I just lost my light here. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it's totally fucking but, cool. But dude, that's what we should do. We should get we should plan it to do one like a like the second week of February or something like that. Well, when are you going to New Mexico? Uh, I'm going to New Mexico in the late January. I come back in the beginning of March. We should do one in like mid January. So we could talk about like football, a bunch of football yeah. shit, and then we could do one when you come back. I would love to. So we should do one before pre yeah. and post New Mexico. So that I'll, sounds great, man. I'll definitely hit you up. Like I'm literally trying to, you know, I'm not trying. I'm releasing one every week, and I'm more about having good conversation than just being like, I got to get like this person and that person, and like, yeah. oh, you just did it. Like I'd rather just have more. I would love to, man. And I also, yeah, dude, and uh, yeah, we. I want to. I want to work together and make something fun. And yeah. yeah, let's do all that kind of stuff. Fuck yeah, dude. Thank cool. you for thank you for being here. Oh yeah. It. Fuck yeah. Woo. Bye guys. Woo.